This is the Life Truth Network. Truth Exposed, Episode 40. church house studio in fact I'm kind of in transition and I barely have a recording set up done at all uh, and uh, in fact whenever I uh, did the actual recording of the main body of this episode I really had nothing but an iPhone and the noisy background full of uh, my eager kids will say <laughs> sounded like a carnival or a zoo or something I did the best I could, but I needed to get it recorded so I could get it uh, complete and uh, popped out there. I haven't done an episode in a month because the previous one I sat down to record was our previous uh, Truth Exposed. There we go. Uh, and uh, uh, we only do those once a month. Uh, well, there's a reason why. Well, there was actually a couple episodes. I had a... Uh, blindness and vignette, uh, Weeding into Wings, uh, I was actually going to post it earlier and it slipped by me, and then uh, Nathan Caldwell was able to post one of his sermons from some, some time ago, so it hasn't been without anything out there from us, but nothing fresh, <laughs> so here I am as fresh as I can be, uh, had a, a last moment incident where I had a a, uh, we'll call it a wound on my vegetable puncture wound. I mean, a little innocuous thing. Uh, I went to go see a doctor, they've been treated. Uh, a week goes by and uh, everything is hanging in there. And then suddenly it wasn't. And there was a really massive infection that hopped in there and uh, ended up, long story short, in the ER, in a ward just one step above ICU. Yeah, that bad. <laughs> and then I was in the hospital for about four or five days and got out and just kind of not been conducive to doing much recording at all until now. And here I am. So there's a little background of why uh, there hasn't been a lot of stuff uh, from us lately. Uh, we'll get back in this swing of things uh, coming up soon. Uh, also to contribute to the ordeal is we recently had uh, purchased a new house. When I say new, I mean it's new to us. Of course, it's like 100 years old. <laughs> I seem to have a proclivity for 100-year-old places. Good old church house was about that old. And this house is too. Uh, but it's a nice one. We decided to start occupying it uh, on my exit from the hospital. So uh, it's maybe kind of echoey. Uh, sound does travel. So uh, apologize for any background noises. <laughs> as you will see on the, in a few moments when we get down to the, the business here. 
but uh, there, there's some updates uh, from me. I always uh, hate to talk about what's happening with me because yeah, uh, I'd rather talk about what we talk about, and that's you know uh, the Bible, and especially on these uh, Truth Exposed episodes. And uh, I've been missing out on there's a lot of worldview stuff out there. Uh, cultural things uh, a lot of podcasters are really jumping on and i think by the time they get around to doing the, the next uh, quest for truth a lot of it will be old hat and very familiar to folks so i i might pass on my opinions on it uh, although i feel like my opinions on it are based on the truth of scripture uh so there's that well anyhow uh uh, in a few moments, you will hear from our co-host, Nathan Caldwell, as he contributes uh, comments to our passage today. We're digging deep, or as deep as we can, into the tail end of John chapter 11. It goes, uh, verse 45 was actually the ending of last uh, session. Uh, but we just kind of read through that, and verse 46 gets us rolling in earnest and you'll also hear uh, comments from our most uh, favored long deceased radio bible teacher jay vernon mcgee this got at first i, I lost uh, the audio track so i thought oh no we can't hear from him this week and i found my original audio because <laughs> i i have his entire uh, sessions uh, stashed away in archive drive uh, and he does have a bit to say he's got some interesting ideas uh, that uh, some of which uh, neither Nathan or I quite touched on so I think we bring a pretty well-rounded uh, uh, look uh, between the three of us at what we're going to learn out of these passages and it goes uh, to the same from John chapter 11 verse 45 through the end which is verse 57 so hey, open up your favorite Bible version, follow along, and I hope you uh, get uh, some good uh, expos expository teaching out of this. <laughs> Can't say that word. Uh, hey, if you disagree or have your own comments, uh, send us an email, comment on the show notes in some way, let us know. Hey, you know, we do have a voicemail. We don't always uh, push that very much. It is, uh, what is it, 401 753? Uh, is that right? 4844. Wait, I, I messed it up. <laughs> it's, yeah, I think it is, yeah, 753. Okay, because it spells out 4017, and then the rest of it is Keith H. So if you remember that, you'll get it. Anyway, hey, leave us a voicemail. And tell us what you think. Uh, easy way. Uh, the feedback. So with all that housekeeping out of the way, hey, let's um, listen to a few of the very fine podcasters you'll find there at the Christian Podcast Community dot org or dot com. Both both ways will work. Or you can go to podcast.strivingforeternities.org, which uh, it, the CPC is is a ministry of. Uh, founded by, of course, uh, Andrew Rappaport. So, listen up. You'll hear some voices like these, and then we'll get started. Here we go. Welcome to the 
the Abundant Life Podcast, bringing you encouragement and challenging believers to spiritual change and growth by applying biblical principles to everyday life. And now your hosts, Sasso Mendez and Ben Ariano. Welcome everybody to the Abundant Life Podcast. I'm here with my good friend and faithful servant in the faith, Sasso Mendez. Hello, hello. What's going on out there? YouTube and uh, radio waves. <laughs> Land, radio land. But we really want this content to go out. We want people to know Amen. about Jesus and the truth. And Amen. so, uh, yeah, go ahead and rate us if you can. Give us, give it a rating. Uh, if not, just at least subscribe. If you would, if you would subscribe, that way you're aware of when we drop a new episode. Check us out on uh, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, give us a like on on Facebook. And uh, we just want to thank you guys for for your support. And and uh, we'll see you in the next two ep- weeks coming up it's gonna be good good. don't miss it thanks guys we love you guys we'll see you thank you bye Bye. until next time thank you for listening to the abundant life podcast we pray you were blessed by today's episode please visit us online at abundantlife.fm until next time may god bless you Featured on the Christian Podcast Community. ChristianPodcastCommunity.org Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, where we seek to equip the church to understand and live out its faith. I'm your host, Stephen Dew. I'm the preaching pastor at South Caraway Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. We want to thank you for joining us today, and let's get right to today's episode. final section here in John chapter 11 and it will go from verse 45 to the end which I believe is 57 I just want to read verse 45 I'm not going to comment much on it because this was the tail end of last time but it's a good way to summarize this Uh, many of the Jews who came to Mary and saw what he had done believed in him in verse 46 But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them the things which Jesus had done. Now, notice again verse 45. Many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. But notice. But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. Now, I want to tell you what in the world's going on here. Some believed, but the others went to the religious leaders. Did they believe or were they trying to... It's just something to think about. Oh, it's just around the hill to Jerusalem. And some of these, they weren't convinced. They just wanted to go and blab and tattle and tell the Pharisees. That's what they were interested in. You see, that's the reason, friend, that God does not rend the heavens and come down. And that's the reason today he's not performing miracles. After the church leaves the earth, during the great tribulation period, 
and into the millennium. There'll be great miracles performed. But that's not going to convince anyone. You see, if in a quiet way you cannot trust him when the mob and the majority turn from him, then you do not have faith at all. The great many people say, well, the crowd hasn't gone after Jesus. No, they never did. But he died and was buried and rose again from the dead. And that's the gospel. And you can believe that, friends. And don't tell me that you need a miracle. The problem is not with the evidence we have today. The problem is the unbelief of man. That's where the problem really is. Now here, I do want to pick up with a little bit of comment. Many of them, which means the many of them who saw Lazarus, saw Lazarus raised, uh, is they believed, but some of them either didn't believe, they went and told the Pharisees, or they uh, were kind of nominal believers, but not so much that they didn't fear the Pharisees to say, hey, this thing has happened here. Uh, or maybe they were outright enemies, maybe they were friends of the family until this happened. Uh, it makes you wonder, did they really believe? Uh, I'm going to say probably not. Uh, and definitely their fear uh, of wanting to get in good with the leaders overrode anything else. Uh, it was just, if anything, practical, cultural faith. In verse 47, Therefore the chief priests and Pharisees convened a council and were saying, what are we doing? For this man is performing many signs. So it sounds like uh, once the Pharisees heard it, at least some of them uh, had some doubt. Some of them uh, took to heart uh, the signs, uh, this you know, ideological proof, philosophical proof that uh, the Messiah would do when he came. Uh, some of them were considering this. Now, what are we doing, they ask. Um, you just can't get around that. Now, you see, this brought the bloodhounds of hate on his trail again. Then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council and said, What do we? For this man does many miracles. Now, don't miss that, friend. Now, this is a statement from the enemy. The enemy said, He doeth many miracles. So when I've made this statement again and again when we've been in the Gospels, that the Lord Jesus performed literally hundreds, yea, even thousands of miracles that are not recorded, that I'm not exaggerating. He doeth many miracles. You see, they were not in the favorable position of denying he performed miracles he had. And you've got to get in a seminary today, one of these liberal seminaries, to be able to deny Jesus performed miracles. But may I say, you're running to cover when you do that. You couldn't have done it in the days of the Pharisees, and they were his enemies. We're continuing on. In verse 48... If we let him go on like this, all men will believe in him, and the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. Now, if we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him, and the Romans shall come and take away both our place and our nation, or and nation. Now, 
Caiaphas is about to speak, and we'll read that. But so apparently they believe that Jesus is doing miracles. But instead of considering the fact that maybe this is truly who he claims to be and you need to be following him, instead they're worried about their power. A lot of people today more concerned with themselves than with truth. Now, the thing they feared about Jesus was that there would be a great mass turning to him and that there would be revolution and that Rome would pounce upon them. In other words, they moved from a basis of fear. That was the thing that motivated them in what they did. They are afraid, and that is the thing that's keeping a great many people away from Jesus today. Why, even in our churches with its little cliques, there's some that haven't the intestinal fortitude to stand on their two feet for what is right and for Jesus Christ. And for those who teach the Word of God, they just sit there like a dumb dog, my friend. They don't even bark to warn at all. Yeah, clearly, uh, well, to me, it's clear. This seems to be one faction of the uh, religious folks talking against the other. One says, what about the signs? One says, we can't let it go on with this. He's going to keep on doing this. <laughs> Uh, and then the next, the Romans are going to come. They're going to take away everything we have. Well, who did they really fear? They feared uh, the Romans, to be sure. They were very fearsome. But who should they be fearing? They should be fearing God, right? I was just reading uh, this, this week a uh, passage in uh, Kings or Chronicles. It was about Hezekiah. And Hezekiah, uh, defending his nation, because he was one of the good kings, against the Assyrians, I think that's who it was, coming to get him. Uh, he says, uh, they have the strength of men, but we have the supernatural strength of God. Words of that effect. And this is the attitude that these people should be having. What can a man do to us? Shouldn't we be fearing to God? But they didn't. 49, but warned them, Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all. You idiots, you morons. <laughs> He's saying, you guys don't know what you're talking about. Uh, he had all the answers. Uh, he was just trying to show how smart he was. Now, will you notice, and one of them, named Caiaphas, being the high priest, that same year said unto them, ye know nothing at all. Verse 50. Uh, Nor do you take into account that it is expedient that one man die for the people and the whole nation not perish. Nor consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people and that the whole nation perish not. This was a strange thing here. Well, how very pragmatic of this man. How practical is his nature. <laughs> Let's just throw one guy under the bus and save us from the Romans. Uh, yeah, we're going to uh, 
get rid of Jesus to protect us from secular governments. Uh, yeah, just forget those signs and miracles. Just forget all those philosophies and ideologies that we learned in our, our scriptural readings. Uh, you know, Jesus is rocking our boat. Just, it's just a. Uh, Think of uh, the are losing control. Yeah, that's it. Verse 51. Now he did not say this on his own initiative. He prophesied that Jesus was going to die for the nation. And this spake he not of himself, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus should die for that nation. But you see, they are rationalizing it and say, well, he should die rather than the nation die and Rome come upon us, you see, and put us to death, which they did, by the way, in 70 A.D. All right. This is a curious thing to me. If I'm not mistaken, J. Vernon McGee has the answer. (laughs) Because I don't think he prophesied squat. I think he prophesied because it was true. Jesus was going to die. But it's not going to die because of Caiaphas' terms of the prophecy. I think it's a very accidental prophecy. But hey, uh, I won't claim to be the expert here. I just don't think a crooked leader like Caiaphas could give a legitimate prophecy. Uh, But hey... Can you answer the following questions for your children or for the person to whom you are witnessing? Number one, is the New Testament reliable? Two, can you explain the Trinity to me? Three, how is Jesus both God and man? And a slew of other questions you will be able to answer if you get Andrew Rappaport's new book, What Do We Believe? It will help you a ton. Get your copy at whatdowebelievebook.com, whatdowebelievebook.com. Verse 52, and not for the nation only, but that, I'm sorry, but in order that he might also gather into one the children of God who are scattered abroad. And not for the nation only, but that also he should gather together in one the children of God that were scattered abroad. Do you get that? Do you get that? I'm pretty confident that's us. He's talking about us, but not just that. Look at what it says. Not just the nation of Israel. but also that he should gather in one the children of God that were scattered abroad. Guys, we are unified in Christ. In Christ, we don't have to worry about black or white or Latino or Jew or whatever. Now, I'm not saying our culture doesn't matter. Of course it matters, and it's great to celebrate that. I mean, if it goes against uh, what God has to say about things and the way God wants to run things, we need to make some changes. But as far as just traditions and culture and stuff like that, if it doesn't go against God's word, that it's something to celebrate. And it's a great thing. It's a wonderful thing. 
But all of this, my race is better than your race, or your race is trying to hurt my race, or whatever. In Christ, all of us need to be sticking together. Heard one guy say, there's one race, it's the human race. <laughs> that we all came from Adam. Can even go a step further and say, we all came from Noah. <laughs> right? This is a remarkable prophecy. Given the gift of prophecy, because he was high priest that year. Now, I know it's easy to think that children gather uh, scattered abroad. It's talking about us Christians. Uh, yeah, I, I, I could maybe see that. But you have to remember, in context, in this expositionary context this we're talking about here, he's talking about the Jewish people, the Jewish people who are scattered uh, in Greece and other places, uh, because at this time uh, they had, uh, where they were coming out of the captivity, and uh, although there were a lot of Jews in Jerusalem, there were still a lot that were not there. Uh, there were a, a lot of Hellenistic, which means Greek Jews, uh, and this may be what he's talking about with Jesus is he would not only die for the nation. Uh, but he would have some kind of a unifying effect on the scattered Jews. Would he go out there somehow and bring them back? Because at this point, Jesus isn't hiding. <laughs> now, now, previously, Jesus had made comments like, where I go, you cannot come. And it caused people like Caiaphas and high priests to wonder, is he going to kill himself? Is he going to go talk to the Greeks and, and bring them back, the Greek Jews? Uh, and maybe his, you know, air quotes, prophecy uh, meant that, that he would just be out of their hair, he would be out of the country, and he'd be trying to unify those distant Jews. Uh, this could be uh, the man-made prophecy that Caiaphas said. Uh, but it, I think it's really an educated guess. But really, it turned out to be prophetic. Uh, little did he know it wouldn't be prophesied the way he prophesied it exactly. And uh, are those distant people? Is Jesus going to distant people to gather them? And, and yeah, um, he, he ultimately is. He's gathering the world to him. But that's not Caiaphas is prophesying here. Uh, it is an interesting concept, but keeping it in what the people who were the actors in the scene here, <laughs> use that metaphor, uh, they, he wouldn't have known that. He wouldn't even have thought about that. And in fact, Christians, early Christians, were mostly from Jewish, Jewish background. Uh, Although the uh, Greeks and others were being added to them very quickly, it would still take a couple hundred years uh, before uh, they would, Christianity would just break apart from the Jews. It was still a, a, a Jewish sect. Um, in verse 53, 
So from that day on, they planned together to kill him. That's it all right there, regardless of any kind of religious prophecy. Uh, they just decided to make it happen. They're going to make this happen. <laughs> He's going to get killed. Now, 53 says, Then from that day forth they took counsel together for to put him to death. This is the beginning of the end, actually, friends. That is exactly what is taking place at this particular time. They are now planning to put him to death. This is his last, actually, public appearance. Verse 54, Therefore Jesus no longer continued to walk publicly among the Jews, but went away from there to the country near the wilderness to a city called Ephraim. And there he stayed with the disciples. Jesus therefore walked no more openly among the Jews, but went thence unto a country near to the wilderness into a city called Ephraim, and there continued with his disciples. If they won't believe Moses, why, they will not believe the one will be raised from the dead. Now, I had to look up some of this because, in my mind, I get confused with the geography over there. I, I, in my mind, I pictured Ephraim south of Jerusalem. It's really north. It's north of Jerusalem and kind of northeast of Bethel, according to uh, the... Uh, Expositor's Bible Dictionary. It's somewhere in the neighborhood. And it's in the wilderness, in my mind, again, I thought, I'm thinking the Jordan River, the wilderness that Israelites had to walk through. But no, there's actually a wilderness in Judah. And Ephraim is a city that's right along the edge of that wilderness where Jesus, if he needed to, he could uh, fly the coop and hide. <laughs> or if he, it was also close enough that if he needed to, well, he could cruise on down to Bethel and on into Jerusalem, which we'll see coming up, uh, I think, in the next chapter. But that's where he's hanging out with his disciples, teaching them stuff, which again we'll get into at the beginning of the next chapter. But because of the hostilities, Jesus stayed away from Jerusalem for this unknown period of time. Uh, Lazarus would have been raised uh, on the heels of the Hanukkah, yeah, that's the word. Uh, and so for those few months that linger between early December to uh, Passover, Jesus is here's where he's hanging out. He just kept his distance in Ephraim. One other thing about Ephraim, if I'm not mistaken, uh, remember Ruth and Naomi? I think this is where they're from, Ephraim. They were Ephraimites. Anyway, uh, side note. Um, uh, but anyway, there's nothing going to draw, draw Jesus out of this little nice hidey hole, is there? Well, let's continue reading verse 55. Now, the Passover of the Jews was near, and many went up to Jerusalem, out of the country, before the Passover, to purify themselves. Now, we come to that which is the last week, and the Jews' Passover was nigh at hand. And many went out of the country up to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. So, all adult males were required to attend these worship festivals. I think there's four of them throughout the course of the year. And every male was required to attend. Jesus, being a law-abiding male, 
Of course, he's going to attend. Verse 56. So they were seeking for Jesus and were saying to one another as they stood in the temple, What do you think? That he will not come to the feast at all? Then sought they for Jesus and spake among themselves and stood in the temple. What think ye? That he will not come to the feast? You know, is, is he coming? What do you think? You know. I mean, if he was smart, he wouldn't. Uh, but the Jews knew the law. And, and, but they wondered, is he actually going to show up? There's a death warrant out on his head. People wouldn't blame him if he just didn't show up. But you know, Jesus is sinless, and he wouldn't be sinless if he skipped out. Verse 57. Now the chief priests and Pharisees had given order that if anyone knew where he was, he was to report it so that they might seize him. So people were watching for him. Uh, and not for any good. Now both the chief priests and the Pharisees had given a commandment that if any man knew where he was, he should show it that they might take him. So here we are. Here we are. And here is where we stop. This is the breaking point. This is the end. And we'll see that he comes up into a home. We'll visit the home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And then we have the marvelous upper room discourse that he gave to his own. And that's what I have on this little batch of verses here. You are listening to the Patriot Pastors Podcast, where we talk about today's issues from a pastor's perspective, as well as calling America back to the faith of our fathers. Without God, democracy will not and cannot long endure. We ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. your host, Wade Lentz and Harold Smith. Thank you for joining us on the Patriot Pastor podcast today. I'm your co-host, Harold Smith. We have a real treat today. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Decidedly Christian, distinctly biblical, and just a little bit nuts. This is Squirrel Chatter. And welcome to the Piney Woods, ladies and gentlemen. Good to have you with us. I am your squirrel coming to you from the ARN studios, high atop the tallest tree in the Piney Woods. Squirrel Chatter is a podcast that is dedicated primarily to the public reading of Scripture. Please remember to do the things you ought to do. Don't do the things you ought not to do. 
do everything you do for the glory of the Lord. And we'll see you again here tomorrow for another episode of Scroll Chatter. Take care. God bless. Chatter is recorded in front of a live studio hamster. Okay. That's all we got for the show. Uh, it's definitely a turning point. We have, uh, as mentioned, uh, Jesus' public ministry comes to an end from here on out. He only really speaks privately to his disciples, and all gospel writers will mirror this. Uh, they focus on those last eight days, which is very critical, very crucial to the Christian faith and belief, because without it, we're just better than any other uh, pagan religion out there. <laughs> so uh, that's what I got. Oh, you know what? There was something I, I, I didn't notice. I didn't mention it uh, during the comments. But there's uh, that verse that starts out with, if we let him do things, meaning that if we let Jesus continue with his miracles and signs, everybody will believe. And I got stuck in my head, if we let him. If we let him. You know, God is all powerful, almighty, but he relies on if we let him. So I guess that's the call to action as I close out here is let him. If we let him. I would just say, kick off the F and let him. So that's it. Hey, signing off. This is your host, Keith. See you next week. And thanks for listening. And now here is Anthony Russo to close us out. Take it away, Anthony. Visit life-truth.com where you can find all our shows. Leave a message or call our voicemail number at 401-753-4844. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash life truth page. Follow us on Twitter at capital H, capital P, capital N, capital C, A-S-T. Everything Nathan Caldwell does can be found at facebook.com forward slash protectors of the book. Music in the show is used by permission of Kevin Zerby at zerbinator.wordpress.com. May the word of Christ dwell in your region. May you find everything you need. And if you don't know Jesus, your greatest need is a Savior. Thanks for listening.